0: This is Carol Steves, and you're listening to Reality Ranch Podcast. Today is Saturday, July 24th, 2020. I'm going to read a passage from Arahat Athar Sata. That particularly struck me because it validates something that I have um, thought for many, many years. And so it was very um, rewarding to read this particular passage when I was uh, reading the book, studying the book. And it starts on page. 224, and it's um, part of the uh, the new Proclaimers' works of instructions are the following. Um, that was from page 216, and so I'm kind of starting in the middle of these Proclaimers' um, where it's it's quite long, so I'm just going to read this part that really jumped out at me. And I remember telling my husband, Bill, when I read this, I said, yes, this is exactly what I thought, have thought for years. And I actually said this to him at one point and he he remembered me telling him this years ago and he said he really had to think about it. So I'm gonna start with number 34. Thoughts form every individual life. This can be tested attentively by every human being, him or herself and everyone will find this fact confirmed. As rich as a life was of good, forward-pointing, and life-correct thoughts, as great and life-correct were the successes. As much nonsense, faint-heartedness, possilliam and life-correctness it contained, as rich it was in disappointments, deprivations, suffering, etc. Only strong, broad minded, and courageous thinking leads the life upwards, whereas weak, narrow minded, and faint hearted thinking oppresses, breaks, and ultimately destroys everything. So fundamentally, every individual human being, indeed, even every family and every people, have to live exactly the destiny and the life which they prepare for themselves in thoughts. Pity would be fully out of place here because every individual human being, every family, and every people could help themselves if they only wanted it. And that's the particular passage that struck me because this is what I have thought for many years and with this the wanting is meant literally because if a human being does not make an effort for the building up of a will because it is too strenuous for him or her then it is said with justification that it is only because he or she simply does not want to. And that's the other part of it that struck me. I had to put the book down and just... It's so nice when you read something that you resonates with you so deeply. And I have to say that I feel very fortunate that I had this realization at a young age. And so when I was offered opportunities In other words, a helping hand through my my life, which was difficult when I was young and has been very good as an adult. It hasn't been without its challenges, but I've had a a good adulthood. I was grateful and I usually made the most of those uh, help, help, those um, helping hands. And so when I became an adult though, especially when I was younger, I expected that anyone I helped would also take that helping hand and do as much with it for the good of themselves and others, whether it's, you know, making their lives better, life better or whatever, as they could. But to my surprise, and what a lesson, I found out that Many times when you offer someone help, they just take advantage. And so it becomes a lesson for us to figure out when we should help and when the help is actually going to be to someone's benefit and that we aren't going to be taken advantage of. And even exploited. How apocite the ancient words of a great wisdom can be inserted here. The smith of the destiny is the human being, him or herself. Only that human being does not remain lying halfway in the life, who is carried high by the tremendous momentum of his or her mighty thoughts. Who, however, prefers to concern themselves with depressing and pulsiminious thoughts, ruminates over experienced defeats and disappointments, and does not free themselves from them, will achieve no or only little success even with all efforts. From the narrows of egotistical thinking, pulseminious views, and self-satisfying assessment, absolutely no viable philosophy, and thus no positive self-direction and life formation can arise. Those who cannot free themselves from the thoughts of a suffered terrible thing, a defeat or a failure, will have these terrible things, defeats and failures, repeatedly and ever again and again befall them. Those who are constantly afraid of evil, mischance, or other terrible things conjure them up directly until they strike him or her devastatingly. With worries, only new worries are bred, and those who see only grievances and shady sides in their surroundings get themselves into grievances and fall on the shady sides of life. With irresistible magical gewalt, the thought attracts that which is directed in an intensive and stoic or intensively creating manner. As soon as someone thinks negatively of an abyss in a manner which is very badly out of control of the good human nature, he or she falls down from dizzying heights is shattered and crushed and falls prey to the sucking power of the bottomless depth which is in reality only the reflection of his or her own thoughts. My interview today is with my friend, Marcella Burgess. Marcella is a FIGU Passive member, and she's originally from Bolivia, but she now lives in Northern California with her husband and daughter. So how are you? Um, good, very
1: well. Now I'm better. I think I'm getting used to the quarantine. Oh, yeah.
0: It's weird, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Because at the beginning, I was like, glued to the news and very nervous. But now it's like, oh, yeah,
0: okay, this is the new normal. Yeah, it's it's kind of, um, you know, I have moments where I look around and go, we're going to be wearing these masks for a really long time, aren't we? and yeah it's weird it's it's really
1: weird i especially dislike this summer in california like i get i'm heat sensitive and Mm -hmm. wearing the mask outside it's a little bit unbearable but i know fall is coming and winter will be better but it's just weird to see everybody like
0: (laughs) with no face yeah, I know. I, I always feel weird when I, the, the very, I don't go into stores very often. But when I do, and I put my mask on, I feel weird, like I'm going in for a stick up. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> it's I, really strange. Because <laughs> I put gloves it, on too, so I don't have to wash my hands. I can just take the gloves off and throw them away. I just feel so weird. Yeah, I <laughs> But I guess we we'll get used it's to just- it.
1: I feel like I'm the only one.
0: (laughs) No, it's, it's strange. And, you know, at home, we've had um, contractors and stuff come out to our house to do work and they show up with no mask and they press practically to practically run away from them and say, back off, you know, you're not even giving um, the minimum social distancing here and you have no mask on. We've had to, um, Talked to several people who've come out to do work for us about their behavior.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, were they uh,
0: Hispanic? Um, they were everything. Why? Why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we
1: but, had, there some of them were yeah, Hispanic. Anybody doing yard work is from Mexico.
0: Oh well, it wasn't just yard work. It was, um, but the guys who were doing our sighting were Hispanic Ah. and they didn't, and they were one guy wore a mask, but we, but the rest of them didn't. And um, then we had others that weren't like, we had some landscaping, um, you know, um, sprinkler system, you know, put in and they, they weren't Hispanic. (laughs) They wouldn't stay at a distance either. (laughs) Interesting. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what color they were. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah,
1: that's good yeah. to know. Because here in California, um, 70% of the new cases are Hispanic.
0: Oh, are they? Yes, a uh,
1: gr- the majority. So people are like, not blaming them, but I, I was mm-hmm. just wanting to observe why, what are they doing differently? And unfortunately, I've seen them not wearing masks.
0: Yes, so same I'll, here. And, and some, I don't think they're taking it seriously.
1: They are not taking it seriously, like in Mexico, like in South America. It's the same story. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, I have very American friends that are against the mask. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, same here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know who I'm talking about, like the very conservative side yes and few Democrats I don't even know one you know like in that um, group of people that are against it but who knows like some people are uh, just don't dislike it just...
0: yeah I um, I find it really odd that it has become politicized don't you <laughs> that if you're a Republican you You don't wear a mask, but if you're a Democrat, you do. And I think that's really very strange. And I'm neither a Democrat nor a Republican, and I wear a mask. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's weird. Yeah,
1: I I hate to stereotype people, but...
0: um... Yes. No, but they're doing it to themselves. Yeah. So there are very... You know, I don't know about the rest of the people who aren't who don't declare themselves as Democrat or Republican. I'm just saying, as someone who doesn't declare herself as either, I, you know, I follow the independent more so that I can, yeah. I don't, I opt to wear one because I look at the science, not which political party. (laughs) I know, it's like, well, I used to be Democrat. That's okay. I voted. I have voted uh, Democrat. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if I've ever voted Republican. Um, I don't think I have actually. Yeah, I think I've only either voted like Green Party, Independent or Democrat. I have never Mm -hmm. voted Republican, just because whoever was running, I didn't want them as President. (laughs) So yeah coincidentally and yeah there's very few people though I do want as president yes oh my god Joe Biden is like I I know thank you for saying that because I cannot believe people think he is the solution yes
1: oh my god Like honestly aside from the creepy touchy yeah, guy creepy. yes oh my god he can barely speak. Like, he, his energy is definitely going down. Oh, yes. He's not even speaking. <laughs> like I, don't, I hear Bernie Sanders everywhere videos, yeah. but Joe is like, well, they say that, you know, it's just a guy to take Trump out of the office. But, you know,
0: yeah. Yes. And, and because they can get him to do whatever they want, he's just a hand <laughs> puppet. As I said okay. to somebody the other day, mm-hmm. um, you know, what my yeah. husband says is they're keeping him in the basement right now because he's incoherent. Yeah. And, you know, as someone who used to, I mean, you don't even have to be someone who used to take care of seniors like I was, but I took care of people like him. Really? <laughs> I mean, well, yes, <laughs> because he has dementia. <laughs> he has. I mean, he, he, he has no business oh, no. running for anything except for maybe you know um ice cream chairman in the nursing home Yes, yes. (laughs) and i mean that i i mean that also compassionately that they have no business you know and he'll just say yes to whatever they want i mean unless he's having moments of belligerent you know behavior i don't know what his whole profile is but you know you've seen the news clips and i just cannot believe that and then there's that slogan, riding with Biden. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Why would you want to? I know. it's so. <laughs> he should have his car keys taken away. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Let alone be, you know, running the country, which yeah. we know he won't be, actually. He's just going to be a mouthpiece if he wins. But I think Trump is going to get reelected. Now, I could be wrong, but that is what my gut is telling me right now
1: and yeah it's I I just
0: oh isn't it though I mean because and I I can't even say well I'm I hope I'm wrong (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I don't want either one of them I mean I don't I don't want either I I don't want Trump I want him out but I don't want Biden either and there's and you know how it is in our country that's we get two choices you know because obviously um they don't have our best interests at heart, no. you know, because Bernie stands no chance. Yeah, None. They just yeah. use him. You know, there's, do you know who Tucker Carlson is? He, um, he's a commentator for, well, he, you know, he's like, gives his opinions and stuff on Fox news. Okay. And, and he's very, so he's a, you know, conservative. And some of the stuff he says, I just roll my eyes and go, really? And then once in a while he says something, I go, Oh, you have the truth. That's great. Yeah. But, but generally, I don't agree with him. But what they're doing to him, I was shocked. Um, I guess the New York Times yeah. is publishing his home address and letting people know where he lives. Oh, wow. And the last time that happened to him, they his he and his family lived in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. area. And they did, wanted to shut him up then, too. And so they, pub- they did the same thing to him. And um, I guess um, he says it was Antifa. I don't know,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: you know, because I can't verify that showed up at his house. And I haven't like looked into it to see who it really was or if we know who it really was. But they vandalized his home. They terrorized his family. They sent them death threats. They finally had to move. Wow. And then, And now it's happening again. And so this, this is the, you know, the assaults against free speech are really worrying to me. And I don't even agree with this guy, but I understand that free speech is free speech. Yeah. And so, really? um, yeah, crazy. that was just, crazy. yeah, that was just in the news a couple, a couple of uh, days ago. And he, oh, he, you know, he spoke out about what was happening. He <clears throat> said why, And they're, and they're saying uh, the New York times is saying, Oh no, we're just, we're just doing journalism and, publishing where he lives why would you do that
1: that's insane
0: yeah why it would is you especially as especially as unstable as things are
1: yeah massive publication of your address that's on purpose it's just insane what i think that donald trump is going to um, manipulate the election
0: i do t- well i think You know, from what I understand about him, he'll do anything to win. Mm -hmm. And I've been actually listening to the book his niece wrote just to see what she's saying about and see if it matches up and you know what I mean, just to see what what kind of book it is. Because, uh, you know, and uh, she's pretty much painting a very accurate picture from what I can see.
1: Yeah, and even if she's like exaggerating,
0: It's like it could be worse than it actually (laughs) doesn't sound like she is. Um, Uh but what one thing she is doing, which I kind of find sad and kind of misleading, misguided, yeah, is um, she's a psychologist, you know, yeah, and she is telling about the emotional deprivation these the, the Trump children suffered, which is terrible, and because their father, you know, was a psychopath. Mm. a sociopath or whatever. And this so is Trump's and, father. This is Trump's father. Oh. Yeah. Donald Trump's father. Fred okay. uh, Fred Trump. And so she's she's talking about the emotional deprivation that the ch- the children suffered. And um but she doesn't you know how in the teaching um we also are responsible for our own self-education. Yes. And that we um, even if we're victimized, you know, and have a really rough time growing up, we can still pull ourselves out of it, at least to maybe even just a certain extent for some people. Yeah. And and um, she's kind of presenting things as if they're just helpless victims. Mm, Okay. And and that's too bad because that isn't the truth. They aren't just helpless victims. They, her, his oldest son became a, an airline pilot Yeah, and, and his father didn't approve. He called him a bus driver in the sky, a, a glorified bus driver. Oh, wow. And instead of going, you know, instead of going, you know, cause I, and I'm speaking from experience who had a father who didn't approve of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I finally oh, had really? to just go, I don't, oh yeah, I don't care. No. Nah, yeah. I was just, I was female. That's all it took. Right. And I looked like my mother strike two and I was opinionated at strike three. And so uh-huh. um, as someone who kind of had a similar child, when I listened to the book, that was one of the things I was struck by. I was like, oh, this sounds a lot like my childhood without the money um, <laughs> and, some, yeah. and some different var- slight variations, but but very similar. And uh, and um, I finally had to go, well, it doesn't matter what he thinks. It matters what I think. Yeah. And so this guy destroyed himself over the fact that he couldn't win his father's approval. He 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 lost his job as a pilot with TWA and and he became an alcoholic. And it's really tragic, but he you know, it was it's kind of presented like it, it couldn't have been any way else because of how his father was. Yeah, well, I think you know,
1: for example, you Carol, you were not affected by this father figure, where he didn't approve of you, and um, I'm pretty, sh- I'm I'm sure you had to like struggle with some emotional scars. Oh yes, I did. Yes, for years. And I think it takes yes. a special kind of person to get over. I mean, become you know, like learn from the experiences and become like a better person. That the father or mother wanted to
0: they didn't do it on purpose
1: necessarily
0: no exactly I mean his, his father had a limited range of emotion himself yeah. I mean she does point all that out and it sounds like but, yeah go ahead
1: Oh, because uh, I hear this a lot from <laughs> fathers in America like my grandfather was really tough it was all mm-hmm. about work and I feel like Americans were taught to be the best and they had to leave the crying babies aside. I don't know. It's like I hear this all the time where there was no Mm -hmm. connection, no um, physical love or affection
0: from parents, like from
1: parents and parents.
0: Yeah. Well, luckily I had affection from my grandparents. Okay. And from my, and from my parents when I was young, because my father liked babies, but once you could like talk back, oh. <laughs> he, yeah, he, yeah, he, he, that's when he lost interest. So luckily I, I had that, but my sisters didn't. So mm. while I get it, I do. And how hard it must be, but I were had to work really hard, Marcella, yeah. to overcome. It was wow. nice. And, and That's um, crazy. and That's crazy. it is and so I went through something very similar and we were also my it was just like with the Trump family where my sisters he wasn't violent but my father was so Fred Trump was never violent toward his children but my father was mm-hmm. and so the Trump kids were afraid to stick up for each other because the consequences were that they got frozen out right oh, emotionally see. and so in my family it was the same way that that the the my the siblings didn't stick up for each other oh. and so yeah and, and it was really sad i watched this whole thing for some reason i was able to go this is screwed up and i started telling my dad that when i was in about 6th grade yeah <laughs> it didn't go over very well
1: super young
0: <laughs> yeah i told him we
1: i said you can't neglect us we need love no it it sounds a little bit like me I was the rebellious one in my family, definitely mm-hmm. I was, but my parents were divorced, and my mom just um had um preferred my my brother
0: oh she, yes, she
1: gave him everything, and we got the the leftovers. <laughs>
0: Same that's there. how it was for us too my sisters and I yeah the same same my brother's the youngest and he got the good education oh. and yes same typical
1: yeah yeah it, it is the baby boomer I, I don't know if like that generation what generation your dad is um I don't know yeah I he was a, how old you are, well girl. I'm sorry I'm not I don't know it's guess. okay
0: um you know it's funny because um my because my dad was so young when he had me, oh. he was at the beginning of the boomer generation and I'm at the end. So we're mm-hmm. both boomers, <laughs> they right, us. Because because he, Is they call Because he was... Right. I was born right at the end of 1961. Oh. So I'll be 60 next year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yes. I was going to
1: say... I'm old. I... Isn't, that, isn't that weird? It <laughs> I can't so believe I'm almost 60. Weird. Oh, I am having early signs of, um, accelerated aging, um, unfortunately.
0: Um, (laughs) how old, how old are you, Marcella?
1: I'm 42.
0: Oh, what do you mean you're having accelerated signs of aging? What do you mean by that?
1: Um, Well, you know, I, my memory is failing a little bit. Like I find myself not being able to remember things that I would easily remember before like
0: I are you stressed
1: it could be stressed I was reading a ton about stress and and in reality I have a stressful relationship with my husband because my husband was abused by his father Um, not severely but Mm -hmm. spanking and the belt and he started telling me a little bit about it and I was like oh my god no wonder my husband has deep deep psychological problems um I am trying to analyze him without being a psychologist Mm -hmm. he is very miserable like he is I think his father ruined him like uh, psychologically and um oh. you know, so that was transmitted to me because my husband is very unreasonable, very stubborn, has some really difficult personality. So I think mean, <laughs> dealing with him is aging me in a way and yeah, just being uh, away from my family yes. and all this. And so I find myself aging, um, being stressful. All the time. So my memory is failing. And then um, my I have chronic pain now in my back. Um, I don't oh, know. no. Yes, yes. It, I don't know if it was an accident that I had when I was young. Or I just don't have time to work out. But it's just there. And I went to the doctors. And they said, oh, okay. So you can do this and that to um, help but there's not mm-hmm. there's not really a cure for back pain. Nobody,
0: no, there isn't. Nobody
1: wants to deal with
0: back pain. No. F. So
1: but I wanted to tell you a really quick. Um what was I going to say? It was about my husband. Oh, well he didn't get over it. He he refuses
0: therapy. Right. He will absolutely never see a therapist. Go to therapy, yeah. A lot of people have that attitude, actually, especially men, yeah. unfortunately. Men
1: are very, sen- yeah. men are actually emotionally weaker, I think,
0: than women. Yes. I, 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 you know? I would have to agree with that. Yes.
1: Right. But the good thing is that my husband really lets me do the teachings, Figu. He listens, actually. It's crazy that every time I say, say oh, Billy Meyer said that, he's like, oh, really? really like he won't listen to <laughs> anything, but he's like really really and so I'm like yeah yeah and I was telling him he
0: recognizes the wisdom in it doesn't he he does he mm-hmm.
1: kind of says okay I said I want to move to Arizona to join um the Figo group because we were mm-hmm. talking about leaving California at some point right and I thought well where where should we go Oregon where I know nobody. Nobody. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I I let's go to the place that the play are and chose to be the best. Supposedly. Uh-huh. And Arizona Monts Park or well Michael Horn, I think he has a FIBU group now.
0: Oh, yeah, there is a an interest group there now. An interest group. Okay, that's good. That's a start. Yeah, there's an interest group, yes. And that's so, so um, but what I wanted to ask you is how did you find the mission? Oh, I was thinking about that. Like,
1: um, how am I going to respond to this? And I thought, oh, we're not <laughs> talking about that anymore. Um, how did I find the, the actual mission? yes? Um, well, to do it to tell you like in few words because it was a process of like a whole year for me but it was like um i was studying german in college Mm -hmm. and i went to the german uh, i'm sorry to the language library and so there you could do your homework and because I went to a German school, I'm like I'm going to take German as a foreign language to for my GE.
0: Uh-huh. For- what made you pick German? What made you pick German as a language? Um,
1: because I thought if I do Spanish,
0: it will be incredibly boring. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Saying <laughs> and going like, oh,
1: like, and I, my Spanish is really good, <laughs> so
0: yeah I was just... <laughs> no no, no I, not it will be painful um I think it's great you took German. I just wondered what made you take German you know what 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 the reason was well and
1: and because uh, so I went to a German school and i forgot i forgot my German why I went to a German school is nothing to do with the mission um my mom lived right. in Germany, so she liked it and I wanted to oh, remember okay. I wanted to remember my German. I was feeling sad that I was completely forgetting all that I learned. And I took German and I went to the language library to do my homework because they had the a-
0: So did you live in Germany then when you were young? No, my mom did. Or- oh, your mom did though. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she taught you German. Did she speak German too when you were young or something? Because you said you wanted to remember your German a little
1: bit. Just okay. a few loose words. She never became fluent, but I, I learned really well in school. Like I was writing essays in German.
0: Like great. Really
1: good. Yeah, I I feel miserable that I forgot. I I didn't practice oh. with whom? Who needs German in South America? Right. Nobody. Not even. Yes. So unfortunately I forgot everything so I was taking it slowly and I went to this library and I swear I saw the Talmud of Emmanuel in the books it was right there. oh and I'm like and something like popped in my head oh my god pick up this book right now it was like a, not a voice not not a voice but an idea right. like this book, Salmo mm-hmm. Emmanuel, and I knew it was about um, Jesus Christ because the real one, because in Peru mm-hmm. they call Jesus Christ uh, Manuel. So I was yeah. always curious, like who is this Manuel? Who? Why? Why do they all of a sudden call him something else? Where is this name? Why? Why he has two names, Manuel and Jesus Christ? Like I always wanted. I was curious, and so when I
0: saw the, name. I was always wondered about that too. I always wondered about that. Yeah, yeah. I, those songs and and they called him Emmanuel. I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why did he say Jesus? Like yeah. he was named Emmanuel.
1: Never yeah. read the Bible. Never was interested at all. I know where I'm reading the the Bible, but this book I'm like I have to read this this is something mm-hmm. that could be interesting I thought what is this so I I picked it up I I, I saw German and English that's why it was at mm-hmm. the language and so I started reading and I'm like wow this is pretty amazing I I agree with most of the book and I thought Billy Meyer is an archaeologist. Great. <laughs> Thank you for finding this <laughs> book in, the, in Jerusalem. I'm like, this is fascinating. Then the book was stolen and, and burnt. And I'm like, yeah, I, this sounds like a real story. Totally. I felt this mm-hmm. was truthful. I felt it. I didn't know yes. why. I didn't know who they were. Nothing. When they said the not but that they, I thought they were people here on earth. Right. Okay. I thought they were Billy Meyer's friends in Switzerland and they mm-hmm. lived with him. <laughs> like, My, what I love this story. Pat, Pat and Sanyas and what strange names <laughs> for German people. <laughs> German names. <laughs> when Billy, Billy's not German, so I'm like, okay. And so. I, put it, I read it great, fantastic. I, I put it away and I was four months pregnant. so I dedicated mm-hmm. to that and I had my, right. my baby. and then one day I had like a really sad episode in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was really sad and kind of like discouraged by people like in general society where it was really hard for me to make friends. It was incredibly, everything I was doing was in vain. Like nobody wanted to call me or hang out. So I was really sad. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to read the Talmud again because that's a book that made me feel at peace. Like Mm -hmm. there's something going on in this world that is more important. That's how I felt. And so I grabbed it again and I was, I read it again. And then at the end said, if you want to contact Figo or Billy Meyer, write this direction or go to the website or I think there was a website. Yeah, there was a website. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, how did I miss this? Like, how did I see Mm -hmm. this before? So I'm like, I went straight to the website, boom. And I was blown away. And then I saw the player, and, and then um, I saw the spaceships. I'm
0: like, what? <laughs> 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 they're they're not German. They're not Swiss. They are I mean. <laughs> not Swiss. They are <laughs> actually. And I
1: was always fascinated with UFOs since I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Fascinated. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, this, wait a minute, Emmanuel was visited (laughs) by this thing from space that rescued Mm -hmm. him and in contact with the spaceship in the Talmud, it says, I'm like, Billy Meyer is visited by this extraterrestrial, so wait, who is Billy, I was like, who's Billy, Billy Meyer is the reincarnation, I, I was just, I lost it, because uh-huh. I was like, I hope yeah. Emmanuel comes back. I thought I was telling everybody, Emmanuel will come back because it says on the Talmud he will reincarnate and we will see him again. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in this lifetime, but we will because it's a reincarnation. But little
0: did you realize, you hadn't realized that that was Billy. I then. didn't know. I had. Oh no- my gosh. That must have been a mind blower. It was such <laughs> a
1: profound thing that that night. When I realized I went to sleep and I had a dream of like electricity in, it was like a really strange, vivid dream of lightning and like um, beautiful energy flowing in my mind. It was like really crazy. And a second person described this to me um, within Figu within the Figo community, they felt something like that when they discover the truth and somebody Mm -hmm. said, Hey, really? I felt this. And he's like, Oh yeah, no, it's nothing. It's just your state of mind. And I'm like, no, I think it's because we were so um, glad and happy (laughs) that we found Uh the truth. And so I started going crazy about it. I would just, Put my daughter to sleep and go to the computer and just read about who are the players. And I was fascinated with them. Not not too much, Billy. Not too much. But then I was like, oh my god, he's the prophet. Oh my goodness, he's mm-hmm. here on Earth. You can visit him. I'm like, oh wow. And I started reading about um oh the forum, the, the English forum. The questions and yes and then I went and it was like oh submit your questions to Billy Meyer I'm like wow what am I going to ask him like oh that's my chinchilla sure what like my, my rat <laughs> oh I have a rat and she was making some noises um oh okay so I went and immediately asked him about um I was Saying, oh, yeah. I wanted to know about spirits. What are spirits? Ghosts? What are that? What is that? Do, do they exist? Yes. And, and it was refreshing to receive the, the answer after that. I couldn't believe that he was available for us to answer any questions. You can even call him. I never called him, but you could. And Right, I haven't either. (laughs) Like, I don't know what language to speak, and so I thought I was on cloud nine. Like, I was really, Mm -hmm. but and but then you know, the burden came later. Like, um, I started having some conflict where I was getting a little, and like, I wanted to read everything immediately Mm -hmm. I wanted the books right away I wanted to read as much as possible and when I couldn't I was getting really frustrated with like I need to do my work but I want to read this and I want and so I wrote to building on the forum like I'm feeling this conflict and bombarded by negative thoughts because I was getting anxious about it like i wanted to discover everything and evolve right there
0: <laughs> right he uh-huh.
1: said oh you're you're um accelerating your evolution too much you are yeah uh, pushing it too hard yes. and he said don't like take it easy
0: uh, it, it's on the phone yeah mm-hmm.
1: You can read.
0: Yeah, I think I probably read it, Marcella. I've read all the questions. Yeah, yeah, I read all the questions to Billy. Cool. Um, in fact, that's what kept me when I found the mission and I found the forum. And there, you know, there's a lot of people writing crazy things there. Oh, you know yeah. that there are. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is just another one of those nut, nutty, you know, groups. Mm-hmm. And I was about to, li- and I had gotten my books from Michael Horn, but I hadn't opened the box. I was going to send oh, them back. I, I, I wrote Michael Horn an email and said, I don't think I'm going to keep these. I don't think this is for me. And he goes, that's illogical. You haven't even opened the box yet. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking I didn't tell him this. I'm thinking, yeah, but all these crazy people on the forum oh, are saying yeah. all this delusional stuff. So I went and, and and I kept searching through the forum and I found the questions to Billy and I stayed up all night really? and I read them all. Oh. And that after I read his answers, I went, okay. I see that this is something I need to pursue Mm -hmm. further. And then I opened the box. Really? And yeah. Yeah, Yes. I almost turned my back because you know I'd been through down so many roads, you know, looking for the truth. Really? And I would find bullshit. And I was like, I don't want this to be, I was very wary. Yeah. Because yeah, I'd been doing a lot of searching. It wasn't like with you where you were not even looking, (laughs) you were just at the library you're at the library that's why i want to know people's stories because you know some this this isn't a i didn't expect to hear this i you know i didn't know what you're going to tell me you know some people find a picture book in a bookstore some yeah. people have see it a tv program if you listen to the podcast you get to hear all these different ways that people found this one guy it was a radio show and you know and 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 (laughs) something about that grabs them and they look further into it yeah and i
1: know that you yeah the forum unfortunately the english forum uh, sent me to a link where meet other extraterrestrials other than the plegarian are visiting us and i made a mistake to click and it was like this terrifying story about reptiles invading the earth and these these people are really mean and they are abducting humans and I'm like oh my god I was I was scared to yes about this well I
0: found that beforehand that's actually what made me dig deeper they were saying that reptilian aliens were you know in our government and I went okay this cannot be true and I dug even harder because I I knew it had to do with some kind of extraterrestrial link why I knew that, I can't even tell you why that was such a strong hunch. Mm -hmm. It just made sense to me. If they're more evolved than us, then they know what's going on here, why we're here. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that made me dig deeper, but it terrified me. (laughs) I was like, this
1: can't be true. Yeah, it was terrifying.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I can see Mm -hmm. why you
1: were, like, skeptic about it because it was, like, there's a lot of misinformation. Yes. I saw, I, I, am really sure i i watched a show about ufos on the discovery channel and they briefly mentioned billy meyer and i remember seeing the pictures like in the day during the day because every picture of every mm-hmm. ufo is like light in the sky like a flash, right. except for his. except for his are the only ones that are clear like very real, like almost perfectly made by a computer. But in at that time, it was like many, many years ago.
0: Um, yes, and they were that was impossible, as we both know.
1: That was absolutely impossible in the seventies. Absolutely impossible that technology didn't exist and these clear pictures. And then they sounded, they played the sound of the um, UFO, like the, um. This, the spaceship, I think Semyase was piloting. Mm-hmm. And the sound was beautiful to me. Like the, the that um, sound, like the metallic sound that they play mm-hmm. on the website. I thought, wow, that sounds really from outer space. It's a sound that could be synthesized. It sounded a little bit like music to me. And I thought, I have to send this music to my friend. She's a DJ. She's going to love it. And she can use it for her sets because she likes electronic music. And that's what I thought. I need to find this sound, like the UFO sound. I I loved it. But didn't catch the name, didn't catch nothing. I I think I, I heard Switzerland, but I forgot. I completely lost it, unfortunately. It wasn't too long enough me to catch the full story and then I put two and two together and I'm like I'm pretty sure that show was about Bill and Meyer and, mm-hmm. but I, I found a sound I still think it's beautiful and I have my CD yeah uh, that I mm-hmm. bought and um, for some people like if I heard few people don't like it too much that sound is a little annoying but um, what was I going to say is that,
0: um okay. did you lose your train yeah. of thought?
1: Yeah, I. Okay. Yeah, that happens. Don't. Okay,
0: don't, it's I was, okay. I, don't worry I about to it. Ask That's you. what editing is for. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I was going to ask you, and then you read the the books, Michael Horn books, and
0: then you you wanted to keep them. A... Yeah, I, well, I well, I had the the yeah, I had the bad translations, as Mark Campbell calls them. You know, the ones that uh, uh, Wendell. Oh, okay. You know, I bought all everything. That I could get from Michael at the time, I bought mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I bought, and you know, but what also did it was The Silent Revolution of Truth. I watched that. Okay, I mean, everything okay. w- made sense. Once I opened up the box and I really delved into what this was all about, I, I, you know, because I felt like it was really significant. And through my life, I kept running into the word. Every time I would see the reference to, the Pleiadians, because I didn't hear them called Pleiarons, of course, until I found the mission. Uh-huh. But I would think this is important and, and I need to be ready for something. And and I thought that sounds crazy. Why am I thinking that? Yeah. And why are they so important? And you know, if Shirley McLean, I was thinking this the other day that when her book Out on a Limb came out, I read that and I also saw the mini series later. But if she had told the truth, I would have found the mission in the eighties. Oh, really?
1: Thinking yeah. about really going to Bolivia one day. and try, I may have like a little seminar or like a little uh, stand, like mm-hmm. you know, a booth, and you know, like they say, yeah. everyone has to go back to their countries and <laughs> yeah. share the information. <laughs> so I will definitely. Yeah. It's in my bucket list. Like that's my to do list. Like go and this as much as possible when i'm finally free and not have ties with my well family and and also facebook (laughs) because you know they will um think you're crazy i mean they some people will say oh she lost her mind finally we knew it (laughs) (laughs) obviously (laughs) she was going to lost her mind with you and so I can't I don't want to deal with that right now
0: I don't blame you with the public yeah yeah
1: but luckily my name is for my for in South America I am I have one name but here in America I have a different name so I mean okay so I have two personalities, really. So I may mm-hmm. just use the other one to catch yeah. the real interested people, and ignore my family and friends would absolutely reject it. I'm, I I know that. Yeah, they. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm.
0: I, I have actually family members that are on my Facebook page. Uh, my husband's sisters and. Uh one of my sisters and my other sister knows about it too and who I have no idea what they all think but they won't they don't discuss it with me I've right. had one sister-in-law kind of ask me a few questions and then she just left it because it just went too much about against Catholic religion oh yeah so she's uncomfortable with it
1: yeah well but religious people sometimes um, may be more interested than like the absolutely completely agnostics like yes. the ones that deny Everything,
0: yes, because they're so they are so extreme
1: in their thinking. They are so extreme. It's like Samyasa said, like the absolute deniers of everything. They don't don't talk like don't bother with them because they they deny everything. It's not they just absolutely don't even recognize creation. No,
0: I I agree, and a lot of religious people are actually just trying to be good people.
1: Yeah, and do the right thing. Yeah, like, um, what were they saying that, oh, religious people, they, they try too hard. Well, some religious people are really good people and they just trying mm-hmm. too hard because yes. um, religion is like telling you, bombarding you, positive, positive, positive. You have yes. to be good, good, good. And that gets you to the other extreme where yes. the imbalance is created and you react with uh, opposite force. Mm-hmm. In a viol- so this was explained to me by the, a core member. Her name was Elizabeth, I think. And I was like, oh, my God, that's profound. That
0: It is. I- that's really interesting. I was just sitting there thinking, oh, I'm putting this in the podcast, what she's talking about right now. Because oh, that's the- important for people to understand. Yeah. And um, because I was feeling
1: so uncomfortable at the center sometimes like Mm -hmm. watch your thoughts watch your thoughts like control control your thoughts and i told my friend nicholas like i'm like how do you feel i'm like oh i'm okay and he's Mm -hmm. like well what what's wrong what tell me why what what are you feeling i'm like um i don't know i feel like i have to watch my thoughts too much here and i feel not comfortable and he's like you need to talk to elizabeth right now i'm like okay Hmm. so yeah and and i'm like why because she deals with psychology um aspects of figure members and Mm -hmm. i think she can help you and i'm like okay yeah sure and so we went on a trailer on this personal interview Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: with my basic german and she's like i don't speak english i'm like oh my god <laughs> so, I'm like, I, I told her well you know i feel not okay and and i told her i want to be good that's what i remember like i want to be a good person mm-hmm. i want to be good for billy and i want to help him and she's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. so you're you're thinking about religion you're, you're thinking as you were a religious person, like trying so hard to please the mission to be good. Yes. And, yeah. and I'm like, so I said, can you repeat that? And so she, she repeated that in very simple words. And, and she's like, you're unbalanced right now. Mm-hmm. You're trying so hard that the immediate reaction in your mind is negative. So you feel uncomfortable, you feel in conf- you have a conflict that you are creating yourself. Yes. And and then Christian said, so then I'm like, oh, my God, you, you're so, my God, you're so right. <laughs> it's like I was trying too much. I was pushing this too much into the positive. And I was like, well, but isn't that good to be positive? And she's like, no no extremes are as bad as being negative i'm like really and so she's like balance neutrality is not being good it's not being oh i'm so good i'm an angel neutrality is like finding the perfect balance between positive and negative yes and that is and how do you achieve that with um knowledge like reading the spiritual teaching like to achieve that. It's not like magically, okay, I'm not, I'm just going to be in the middle. That's really hard. And then, and then Christian said, unfortunately, figo people are bombarded by the negative forces. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you read about this. It's a little bit strange. The dark forces are basically forces that has been there forever, and that they will accumulate somewhere and they will uh, bombard you, like contradict you a little bit when you're trying to evolve. And Mm -hmm. that can come from groups, the internet, and your own self. Yes. So I'm like, hmm, that sounds like me. That sounds like I'm being affected by a self-created influence here. And so the way you, and so how do you deal with this? How do you fight this? And so it's mm-hmm. basically um, ignore, ignore them, like control, yes. like try to not, the in, unimportant, but don't yeah, just let them go. Don't bother. Yep. Let go. Shush. Yep. And like literally Billy Meyer said, shush them. Like mm-hmm. shoot. And in, in German, he had an um, expression in German. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm still dealing. <laughs> I have to say, like, I have better days, um, um, but um, yeah, it's it's incredibly. It was that. That's why I think I wanted to go to the center so bad. Like, there was something in me I needed to resolve. Yes. And I was thinking, was it a mistake to go to the center? But no, it was actually. It doesn't
0: sound like it.
1: It yeah. was very rewarding. I grew so much after that even though i didn't have this magnificent experience (laughs) because some some people describe it as a magnificent and i'm like well but you didn't learn what yeah to be yeah
0: i wouldn't say mine was magnificent either any of them they were a mixed bag uh i enjoyed myself very much at times like when i was working outside and but i had a lot of yeah, I had a lot of things where I felt like my thoughts were magnified. Mm, really of, you know what I mean? So yeah, yes, like yes, they were yes. magnified and yeah. And I, I I experienced some of the kind of some of the same things you did, and I did realize at some point just to let them go. But I had some <laughs> discomfort here and there. I had um I, I can see why that that trying to be good because especially females. You need to be a good girl right? women need to be good all the time A good a good girl a good girl yeah. a good girl a good, good girl. girl good yeah like
1: behave and, and yes not have these crazy thoughts and y-
0: y- yes yeah and wanting the <laughs> approval of of look i'm doing this for the mission or i think you were like really in touch with what was really going on inside of you
1: yeah i i yeah. my mind it was my i think my religious conflict was really intense there because there's so mm-hmm. much energy at the figure center there's a lot of energy spiritual teaching yes. like balance and when you go with your mind you're bombarded with the opposite that you yes. grew up with and it was it was thank you for calling me this was so so uh, much needed Yeah, so let's do this again.
0: We will. Sure. <laughs> Thanks, Marcella.
1: Yeah, thank you, Carol, so much. And until next time. Okay. Salome. Salome. <laughs>
0: Bye. Bye. Last week, I had a discussion with Mark Campbell about Mars, and um, Mark has the idea that um, Mars is inhabited and um, possibly colonized even by uh, Earth. So I wanted to read this from The Future of Mankind. I don't know who wrote it. But um, So I don't really know who to give credit to, but whoever did write this, thank you. Um, So Mars is now a desolate and uninhabitable planet, but it was not always this way. Long ago, it was inhabited by human refugees from the Sirius region until cosmic influences made it uninhabitable. The atmosphere on Mars was safe and healthy for immigrants and the peoples already inhabiting it. Unfortunately, the same could not be said about the air on Earth. Astronauts that leave Earth must be told there is a consequence for everything they do. When Earth terrestrials decide to fly the nest, so to speak, and again, technology soon making that possible, it is recommended that they meet any native indigenous persons on any other worlds excluding Mars and any other uninhabited worlds that they come across or decide to go and settle and colonize that they do not explain to those peoples where they have departed from and originated, especially if crimes are committed in their name. Because Earth doesn't necessarily want displaced, indigenous peoples coming back to Earth, assuming and imagining we're the same as those astronaut pioneers, ambassadors and the individuals that left never to return astronauts that leave earth must take responsibility for their actions and not blame earth for any mistakes they make along their way they must be taught before they go that there is a consequence for everything they do because earth being fair to those who didn't leave won't have any influence whatsoever on what happens over there This is why Figu recommends overpopulation is brought under control so that we can better ensure that each and every individual that is born on Earth can be educated properly about all choices, decisions, consequences, and responsibility so that it doesn't come back to bite us later. 73,000 years ago, the human beings on Melona fought each other in a war that ended with the planet's destruction, forming the asteroid belt we know today which affected Mars too, making it uninhabitable. Since Earth has had its Neanderthal population decimated, well, it was 45,000 years ago that Earth's climate began to change drastically. We will colonize Mars again sooner or later during this third or fourth millennium. The findings we will make on Mars and the message those discoveries will send to terrestrials will be factors one day in the collapse of the legendary picture the terrestrials' former ancestors had formed of their heritage. Here is an excerpt from Contact 251 that mentions Mars. Two large genetically manipulated peoples fled from the Sirius regions and settled in an area on the other side of the sun. This meant they landed within and then inhabited a very distant part of a remote solar system, indeed, on the planets beyond the galaxy's central sun, the sun of the Milky Way. Eventually, however, they were discovered by space travelers from the old Lyrian lineage, whereupon they emigrated to the Lyra regions. Ultimately, within more recent terrestrial history, they came to our planet, where they settled in China, Japan, and other locations, and various new so-called races formed. Upon leaving the Sirius regions, the other genetically manipulated peoples found a way into the Sol system where several thousands of rebellious genetically manipulated people had previously been banished to a myriad of terrestrial locations as punishment. These masses of diverse races found previously found refuge on the planets of Mars and Melona uh, respectively, where they constructed cities, pyramids, stations, and other things. They led a good life on Mars until the planet became uninhabitable through cosmic influences. For this reason, the genetically manipulated people had to leave that planet in ancient times and subsequently they settled on Earth. Over the course of time, they became terrestrial human beings whose true and genuine Ur origin was within the regions and planets of Sirius. The genetically manipulated people along with their benefactors, the traitor creator overlords who eventually settled on Mars and Malona, ultimately developed into a notable technological culture. Unfortunately, they were not able to protect themselves sufficiently, and one day were forced to flee from the planets. The, their scientists discovered that the Sol system was cosmically much more perilous than they had originally anticipated. Many comets, roaming planets, meteors, and other perils repeatedly endangered the two newly inhabited planets, Mars and Melona slash Several of these space intersectors plunged upon the planets, causing immense damage and taking numerous human lives. In the process, a large roaming planet was discovered that had an unusually long rotation period and an orbit that projected it far beyond the outermost planets of the solar system. According to the astronomers' calculation, this large celestial body threatened to collide with the planet Mars or to ravage it to a point where all planetary life including all flora fauna and human life would be completely destroyed and annihilated in the week the wake of a near colli- collision the genetically manipulated people or rather their distinct descendants made the decision to abandon their place of exile as they completed the details of their emigration opportunities a dispute again erupted among the distant descendants of the genetic genetically altered people who had of course inherited the genetic manipulations from their ancestors. A decisive factor in the erupting disputes proved largely to come from the new teachings presented by the benefactors. The teachings stated that the benefactors were the creators of the genetically manipulated individuals or rather their distant descendants and that they the creators must be awarded absolute obedience and worship. Most benefactors claimed to be the highest exalted beings, the creators and makers. However, these opinions and demands were not shared by all benefactors and, subsequently, two camps formed. One camp consisted of the purported creators and the the other of those who retained their prevailing benevolent attitude, who distanced themselves from this creatorism. A dispute resulted not only among these two camps, But also among the fateful within the two parties, their followers. Ultimately the antagonists reached an agreement whereby those who wanted to do so departed from planet Mars in the direction of Earth and Malona. Subsequently, many people from both camps grouped together to emigrate jointly, some of whom traveled to the planet Malona Phaeton and others to Earth. The emigration group leader to Malona Phaeton was called Zentika, whose wife Amalaka concurred with him. The Earthbound group also had two emigration leaders who were brothers called Semos and Passis. The atmosphere on Malona was safe and healthy for the immigrants and the people already inhabiting it. It was somewhat like the air on Mars and similar to the air the descendants of the genetically manipulated peoples had become accustomed to over many millennia in their spaceships. Unfortunately, the same could not be said about the air on Earth. Pragmatic modifications were therefore required for future immigrants who wanted to live on Earth. For this reason, the same purposeful adjustments ensued that had previously been effected when the degenerates were exiled to Earth. At that time, and before they were deported to Earth, the exiled individuals were forced to adapt to the terrestrial atmosphere, and their skeletal frame required further stabilization, among other things. Those individuals willing to emigrate from Mars to Earth now had to undergo the same remedial procedures so that they could be capable of establishing themselves on this planet. Everything transpired as the scientists had formally predicted. The Destroyer penetrated the Martian orbit and wrenched Mars with it into another Sol orbit, namely that of Melona where it remained. Subsequently, Melona drifted away, however, because of the Destroyer's powerful forces, but managed to exist in this orbit until the time when it was destroyed by its inhabitants many millennia later and became the asteroid belt. During this drifting catastrophe, the inhabitants of Melona were decimated from approximately 470 million humans to barely 14 million. However, however, they were able to recover somewhat, and by the time they destroyed their planet, their population had increased again to approximately 52 million. The refugees of Earth lost contact with the peoples on Melona and Mars, which became completely desolate and in its and its remaining inhabitants perished. Individuals from the benefactor group who previously had demanded that they be exalted and worshipped fiercely spread their false teachings and never again allowed the well-disposed benefactors to gain any power. In this manner, the creator overlords were then capable of putting on heirs of terrestrial man's creators rising to power and spreading their insane religious doctrines which however contained an absolutely novel yet equally false history of humankind's origin history and belief its purpose was to to definitively destroy and lose all data of mankind's true descent in the event that someone else would attempt to secretly glean the information from somewhere of course the true benefactors did not allow this to occur they fought back by inventing their own religious creeds and disseminating them among the now numerous terrestrial human beings. They were hoping that through their new belief systems, humans would learn to search for the genuine truth, to grasp and comprehend everything that is truly creational and natural, and they envisioned their situation turning to the better. To this end, the true benefactors coined the phrase, the teachings, Shall be produced for the human beings on earth so that they may destroy the impurity and degeneration within their abused bodies. However, in these teachings, as in the teachings by the Creator overlords, there lay the secret hope that these various philosophies of faith and religious doctrines would form a monumental hindrance whereby the distant descendants of the genetically manipulated peoples would limit the size of their population to tolerable and responsible numbers. An alternative motive behind this was that the manipulated people's descendants would neither rise again against the creator overlords nor the still benevolent benefactors in order to gain control over them, among other things. The benefactors did not want the descendants to prematurely evolve to the point where the descendants had the capability to fly once more into space with the help of a true, too rapidly expanding, too highly developed technology, and where they would find their previous homeworlds such as Mars and the planets in the Sirius regions. The creators also hoped that in their scheme of things and through their various religious doctrines, the terrestrials would eradicate themselves through the ensuing confusion and wars. Based on their hope on the concept that the terrestrials would only be technologically, biologically, and scientifically capable of conquering space when they had evolved through a sufficiently lengthy period so as to achieve the mandatory adjustments in their thinking processes and actions. In other words, their intention was that the terrestrial human beings, through religious doctrines and diverse religious forms, would have the insight to resolve their genetically manipulated deterioration problem whereupon they could correct this deterioration. An important factor in this scenario was that, in the distant future, the terrestrials would discover for themselves the genetically induced earlier damage imposed upon them and find their path back to normalcy through the appropriate genetic reversals. They believed and hoped that the distant descendants of the genetically manipulated peoples, the terrestrials, should only then sink contact with their original past their ancestry, other worlds and human beings in the vastness of the Milky Way alien galaxies and the universe so draw your own conclusions I say Thank you for listening to the 14th episode of Reality Ranch Podcast. Until next week, Salome.